morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Welcome to the Midday Grind here on 590 to Fan. Martin Kilcoy making his way back to St. Louis. Charlie Marlowe greeting the St. Louis Blues at the airport. What they... if he's just going to greet Martin at the airport? I never thought about that. Maybe he's going to pick him up. You know, Martin does get a ride every once in a while. Yeah, hey, Ma, the rideshare service. Hey, Ma, the rideshare service that doesn't exploit workers. That is Brian Hoffman also in the house. <laughs> It's Matt Rocchio, and we're here until 1 o'clock before 590 Baseball gets started. We are going to continue our conversation about the St. Louis Blues here at the bottom of the hour. Vice President and General Manager of St. Louis FC joins us. Uh, venue change for the Open Cup match against Chicago Fire next Tuesday, and an MLS team comes to town, and we'll talk with him and give us the skinny on what's going on there. But uh, I promised we would get into this in a text question. Boy, people are already texting their favorite moments so far from this season. But it's possible. There's a real reality that this thing could be finished on Sunday night. The Stanley Cup is here in St. Louis, and I can't I can't even begin to put in words how and what this means to the people listening to us right now, lifelong blues fans, guys in this room, including myself. I, but so I thought we'd take a a segment here and kind of go back and do you realize how this thing came about? I mean, think about how really this is a fairy tale storybook ending kind of thing if it ends that way on Sunday. I, I go all the way back to Last season, you lose on the final day of the regular season to the Colorado Avalanche. First time in, I don't know, was it five, six years that you do not make the playoffs? And because of that, look, are so many of us that have been Blues fans for so long, you're going, here it comes. Here comes the spiral down to the bottom of the standings where you're going to have to fight to get a top five pick to boost yourself and go through the process again to get back into the Stanley Cup playoffs and become a cup contender. Well, then we go to the offseason moves that were done by Doug Armstrong with O'Reilly, bringing in Maroon, and there's there's other ones here that you, you got to go into. David Perron was brought back, and I was one of the guys who went, wow, really, David Perron a third time? We're going to try this again? You start the season. Mike Yo's your head coach, and there were – some rumblings after missing the playoffs last year. Is Mike really the guy? I mean, is he really the guy? Horrible start. Horrible start for the St. Louis Blues. And then the Blues decide to make this coaching change. It's obviously an uncomfortable day for, for myself and the organization. 
A difficult decision was made last night to relieve Mike Yo of his head coaching duties. Uh, you, you never make these decisions in a vacuum or, or quickly, and it was just something that uh, that I felt and, and shared with ownership that it was time to 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 make a change to see what we can accomplish for this season. With that being said, I'm excited to work with Craig. Craig's uh, career speaks for itself as a player. He's put his time in as an NHL uh, head coach before. He's worked in our organization with some of our younger players. Uh, he's in tune with today's game. He's in tune with today's athlete. And uh, I'm excited to work with him on an interim basis. Uh, you know, and, and I thank him for, for being a total team player and grabbing the rope uh, when I asked him last night in a very uncomfortable time for him and, and the organization. Kind of puts in perspective a little bit. Well, we'll see where we can go from here. And it seemed like that this was the most interim of interim head coaches. Because <laughs> all the rumblings was, yeah. they'll wait out the year, see what happens. The expectations were very low for the rest of the season. Because even for the first few weeks in Nibirubi, it didn't get better. They still, right. they still fell all the way to the bottom of the standings on New Year's Eve. And then the talk was, just get Q. What had to wait to the end of the yeah. year and then just throw a big contract at Quenville and then see where he takes you. It very quickly went to next year is all about the Jack Hughes, Quin, you know, Joel yes. Quinville combo. And um, I, I think we like it better this way. Um, just, <laughs> I'm just I'm just spitball. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably speaking for a lot of people painting with a wide brush, but I think we like it a little better this way. The thing was, you're right, because they fire the coach. The day that the Hawks fired Quinville, I was texting someone that morning, go, hey, our coach just got fired in Chicago. Here he comes. This thing's getting fixed. Didn't happen. Even under Barubi, while he was here, things didn't turn around right away. And then there was this moment. Blues were doing a drill. It was Robert Bortuzzo and Zach Sanford. They were kind of doing a battle drill in front of the net. I saw, you know, because you're kind of watching different parts of practice. Sure. And then you see something right in front of you. It looked like... Portuzo kind of cross-checked Stanford. Stanford didn't like it. They dropped gloves, and they probably threw a couple punches and fought for maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds before Steve Ott and others uh, broke it up here. You know, I didn't want to be out there too long today. It's uh, energy is important. I thought that we practiced what we wanted to and got through it quick, and I thought it was good execution, and uh, that was the final drill, and we ended it after that. I love that he just said, yeah, it happened. Eh, that was it after practice. We had enough. And then they gave Bortuzzo an extension and then sent down Zach Sanford, which didn't necessarily have the best uh, – Didn't wasn't great optics for the Blues. Absolutely a, not. Kind of a sucker hit and then a fight, and you reward one guy who did it all, and the guy who was the recipient of it all gets – Shipped out of town for a short period of time. And I guess it speaks to the turnaround year that Sanford has had. That we go back to that moment. Didn't really play great afterwards. Was an afterthought for much of the postseason. And now his play the last three games. It's been a major component to the Blues winning two out of three. It, especially after he got benched or sent to the you know the, the odd man out in the Winnipeg series. So he said, uh, we'll never see him again like, the rest oh, of the This guy was the centerpiece in the Shattenkirk deal. Like, what is that? Was that a wasted trade now all of a right. sudden? That's, it was just an, it was an unfortunate moment. So as we continue through the fairy tale, okay, so you've got the coaching change, you've got the offseason moves, you've got the fight. You're going, oh, which one of these was the turning point? Well, you could argue that this next one is, and it took place 
at the turn of the calendar year. It all started in Philadelphia. On January 6th, the Blues made their way out to Philadelphia to take on an equally struggling Flyers team, specifically Gritty, the team's mascot and focal point of the organization that had gained national recognition given how brutal the team's infrastructure truly was at the time. It was the night before the game and a handful of St. Louis players headed out on the streets of Philly to search for dinner. According to a February article from NHL.com, Alexander Steen, Joel Edmondson, Robert Bortuzzo, Jaden Schwartz, and Robbie Fabry were welcome into the Jacks NYB to watch the Eagles-Bears NFC wildcard game. That's when a DJ played Gloria by Laura Branigan during a commercial break. Joel Edmondson said there was something special about the scenario. I quote, this one guy looked at the DJ and said, keep playing Gloria. So they kept playing it. Everyone would get up and start singing and dancing. We just sat back and watched it happen. Right there, we decided we should play the song after our wins. Lost it. And here come the Flyers in Lindblom into the zone. And Billy Keith oh. on over me to save on Forachek. Oh, Bennington, what a save there. Oh. I guess so. Sprawled out to his left, got his toe on that. Now Gostas Bear walks in and a good pass save by Bennington. As he had a decent chance on left wing. Bennington with a pass save and the rebound was loose. And the Blues clean it up and back they come. Jordan Bennington's dad flew down from Toronto to watch his son play and start his first game. And how about that? A shutout in his first start in the NHL for Jordan Bennington. Big congratulations to Jordan Bennington, one of only two Blues goalies to record a shutout in his first NHL start. What an incredible way to debut as a starter. This is special. Little do we know. How that would change the storyline and some help from Hannah Yates and the guys from Fox Sports Midwest on that little segment. So you've got those segments. Are those the most important? I don't know, but you go on this magical run. You get into the playoffs. You take on the Winnipeg Jets in the first round. Everybody said, oh, this Jets team was a cup favorite. They're going to be tough for the Blues to beat. And then this happens. He'll tip it around again. Alexander Steen. Truba gets it back to the Jets. Nowhere to go. It's under Morrissey. Pops free. Shifley can't clear it. Bozak in front. They score! Schwartz tipped it in! I do not believe it! Schwartz has given the Blues with 15 seconds to go! A 3-2 lead! This is crazy! I think their line and their D were a little bit tired from, from the lines before. and um, Just a good grinding shift. We kept the puck below the goal and uh, ended up winning it back a couple times. We were kind of relentless on the puck and <clears throat> Bozzi came on, he was fresh and uh, probably knew there wasn't much time left, so he just threw it on net and, um, you know, he kind of got lucky. He was just sitting on stick. You know, I think the team's extremely happy for him right now. He, uh, uh, he's worked hard all year. Um, he's had chances all series. Um, so for him to get that goal, came anywhere, it's, uh, it's huge for us. Manitoba miracle happens. Round one, guy who just struggled immensely for you during the regular season, Jaden Swartz scores. Then you move on to the next round. You get the Dallas Stars. You go to a game seven. Oh, there's a kid from St. Louis playing on the team. This is Thomas. Thomas shoots. That's behind Yep. Pat Maroon becomes a hero. It will last forever. Is that the biggest moment of this story so far? Well, you get the 
San Jose Sharks up next. The Sharks, another favorite to win the Cup because of the move to pick up Eric Carlson, and Carlson played a big role in this series. Here comes Meyer down the right side. Kilo Meyer with a shot. That did not make it through. Now Nyquist drops it off. Score! Eric Carlson wins it for the Sharks. In overtime, they lead the series two games to one. I think the Blues are arguing that this was a hand pass. They're going to talk it over. That's what Bennington was, and I thought it was initially when I saw it. The Sharks stayed with it around the front of the net. Here you'll see it again. There's Meyer. Right hand throws it across. Officials heading to their locker room. Sharks win it. 5-4 in overtime. He thought that was the moment that would turn things. Well, the Blues took that. They used it to their advantage, Craig Berube and the team guys, and they went on and they swept out and beat up the San Jose Sharks. So is that the turning point? Is that your most memorable moment? Well, then... We've got this deal last night. Clipping down to the ice and shaking up on the play. Slow to get up is Achari. Meanwhile, it is Perron trying to feed one in front. They score! It is Perron who has gotten the second goal of the game. Achari shaken up. Out of all of the confusion down on the ice, fans are throwing stuff on the ice now and are being shown a replay of Achari tumbling down. Well, Bozak takes the legs out from under Dolachari. And he turns back and looks back at the referee. Play continues. And then it is the scoring of the goal. A fortunate bounce for David Perron. This puck goes in, uh, goes off of Tori Krug. It goes right back to him and then off the pad of Tuka Rask. So you got all those moments, guys. I don't even know which one's my favorite. I really don't. And yet... We still have one more game, and you would think, who knows what could happen on Sunday. What if we have an overtime winner you on would, Sunday night? You would hope Sunday provides the, the favorite, and I'm, I'm with Rock. I, no overtime. Just win it in regulation, please. Blow them out. I don't, we don't need any, any tension yeah, over the final actually, half hour Now you mentioned blowing it out would be great. If I, we get like a 20-minute thir- head start. Yes. Um, actually, if we could just, you know, if we, if, honestly, if pandemonium could erupt at that, in that uh, second intermission, that second intermission just drags on for so long. That would be, a, that would, <laughs> just for timing's sake, that would be very useful. I'm, wi- I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, if we're going to rank them or at least list our, our favorite. Yeah, go ahead. Boy, when it was that game against Winnipeg, it, just, it felt like another one of those first-round series. Where we'd experienced it before in St. Louis, up 2-0, although a little bit different in that it was it was 2-0 on the road than 0-2 at home. But up 2-0 in a series, you feel like you're in control. Opposing team ties it up, and, and just those, that, those game five hijinks kicking again. Yeah, and it just seems like in previous years you've seen it before where you drop lose game five, and then game six in some instances was a non-competitive affair for the Blues. They were. They were down early and often in some of those games. And I was thinking it was happening again. You're down 2 nothing, quickly down 2 nothing in that first period in Winnipeg. That's a, a loud barn. Everyone's going nuts up in Canada. And then to come back the way you did in that third period, to put them away in regulation. And it was around that time where you're watching the rest of the NHL playoffs. And Nashville's in a oh, dog yeah. fight. Yeah. Tampa's bounced out. At least around that time, it might have been out by that point. That was Game Five. Calgary's in a dogfight with Colorado, and you're seeing this kind of chasm opening up 
and suddenly it goes from, you know, the favorites are are either out or in trouble and seem to be somewhat vulnerable that this window of opportunity that you didn't think was there suddenly was and well look Nashville's not scaring us if they advance. Dallas doesn't scare us if they advance. Same with Colorado. We'll deal with San Jose if we have to, which he ended up doing, but then it an extended run went from, hey, it'd be cool to my God, it could happen. And I feel like around right. that game is when the the the, the opinion in that tide changed. And and it was well, it, why not this year now, all of a sudden? If you're winning games like this and teams that you feared are either out or on the verge of being eliminated, then make this the year for it to happen. And we're 60 minutes away from putting a period at the end of that sentence. There are so many possible moments that we just went through some. Here's one for the text line that I didn't include, and shame on me, but I took my wife and nine-year-old daughter to Game 2 Finals watch party. Gunny wins it in overtime. Enterprise Center goes berserk. He says his daughter has tears in her eyes. She loves the St. Louis Blues. We are now taking her downtown Sunday night to hopefully see history made. I mean, I mean, there's just so many moments, but there are so many moments like that in that people are listening that they had. I mean, I have family members that are going, I can't believe this is happening. I've watched so much. I've I've been here. I've watched, you know, and myself, I'm going, I watched. Mike Liute give up a goal from, you know, the blue line and center ice against the North Stars. Yeah, I can't imagine out. what I this mean, feels like for for, for, for I mean, people who have been Blues fans for much, much, much longer than I have and are much more intense fans. The, I can't imagine what this what this feels like right now. And and as a, and I was so much younger then, and I was thinking, ah, next year. They were so close this year. They were building up. The game, uh, the double overtime loss to uh, Detroit, the Eisenman goal, and as soon as Maroon won the game, I went, I will never talk about that again because this makes up for that. It it makes it was the same round, same scenario. Blues win. I can't talk about that anymore. But going back to that real quick, I had a couple people tell me that night that they lost to Detroit. They went to bed and they had been lifelong Blues fans and said, "Is they're going to bed? Yeah, this is never going to happen. I've come to the reality that this is never going to be possible." I know some some friends of mine, and their frustration wasn't just. So much the Blues never won because they were kind of on the mindset of, of your friends that now maybe it's just it maybe it won't happen in my lifetime. But they were pissed that it was happening to other teams. They were furious when Carolina won the cup. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were furious when the Ducks won the cup. Mm-hmm. They were rooting against Vegas last year mm-hmm. simply because an expansion team in their first year should not win a cup before the St. Louis Blues. At, I agreed 100% on all those accounts. That's that's what frustrates me. I'll tell you this. We have one more memory hope to be made. Yes. Hopefully it's on Sunday. It goes back to uh, Frank Cusimano. We're going to get a new press box open for him, by the way, soon. Yes. And it, we might have the goal from Sunday as the goal instead of the Brower going off. That be something? I mean, that that's a real possibility. It might be one of these ones we play. I'd have to ask a, uh, a station for permission because I would prefer to use the local call. We'll have to talk to Curbs about yeah, that. Yeah, use Thank the Kerber call. Yeah, if we can just kill, let's, 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 okay let's ask Chris. That. Yeah, because that's uh, that would be. And I wonder if he's rehearsing what he wants to say. Let's just say it's no. five, five nothing. I think he knows, but he he won't rehearse it. I know Curbs a little bit. He won't rehearse. If I was it. if I was him, I'd have something in the back of my head ready. If if like Maroon was the one who did it, just because you gotta you gotta you gotta flower that one up a little bit more when it's the hometown boy. 
Um, but beyond that, I, th- I, I think they, I think that'd be the only one that I couldn't like help myself from like thinking about a little bit extra that's if the, I was hit. That's the kind of moment, though. Let's just say the Blues are up big, and uh, it, it's winding down. There's a minute left. That's when you grab the radio, oh, and yeah. kind of and mute Doc Emmerich, yep. and, and oh yeah, turn on. Turn on the Mighty Mox for a little bit just to hear the local call of it finally uh, ending. Hey, Curbs, if it's that case, the first thing we'll hear, obviously, will be you can bring out the Zamboni. <laughs> blank, blank, blank. We'll let Chris paint the picture. But that'll be, uh, that could be awesome on Sunday. But th- through that all, I don't know what the what the most important moment is. Uh, from the 314, the difference is the goaltender. Barubi is huge as well, but confidence in net makes a huge difference. Uh, can't disagree with that one iota. I mean, you just went through all those things. I mean, well, what if Ryan O'Reilly's not here? This doesn't happen. If Pat Maroon is not here, that does not happen. If David Perron is not here, it does not happen. Uh, if if Allen doesn't fail, I mean, I can go down the line. There's so many. If Billy Huso doesn't get hurt, Jordan Bennington's never here. I think Army deserves some credit for, because it could have been something you could have easily done in January, and that's pull the plug and just think, look, Look how many. I know we have games in hand, but we can't assume those are wins based on the way we've been playing over the last three months. So let me start shopping some of these players. I know Vladimir Tarasenko has value on the market. I know that players on expiring contracts will have value for for teams that are seeking some supplemental help for the rest of the year and into postseason play. And there were rumors that Maroon was maybe yep, on on the way out, about to be put on waivers because of his his lack of production, but credit for Doug Armstrong for sticking with this group. Cause Strick has said it before he heard from a, a number of players and executives who just felt that, you know, the blues should be better, that there's no reason why they're in this position that they are in right now. And they wanted to see what they would look like if they've put it all together. And, and army to his credit gave them that opportunity. He didn't bring anyone in. He just said, look, this is our team. We brought in Delzato, which I don't think that really factored a whole lot into what, they did. But ultimately it was, this is our team, you're our guys, you need to figure it out. And that's that's a lot. Of, that's a big boost of confidence coming from uh, the higher-ups saying, you're not being dealt, you're here, so let's, let's try to figure it out. The past demons are being dealt with, 2,000. Here's one from the text line when Nolan scored from oh, center ice God. on Turk and Gabe's. Yeah, I mean, there you go. There's another one. There's no doubt about that. Let's take a break. When we come back, Jeremy Allenball is going to join us from St. Louis FC. It is the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan.